Hey, Danger Dangers here with a quick announcement. The nomination window for the 2024 Crit Awards closes on May 31st, and it would mean the world to us to have your help getting on the ballot. A link to the nomination form, as well as a document with some of our suggested responses, is in the episode description. But that being said, please feel free to vote for whichever shows you are most passionate about. Thank you for listening, and now, back to the show. Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure real play podcast loosely based on rules from Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dan Jers, and I am your host, slash... Crypt Keeper. Hello, I am Aaron. I am the Phantom of the Opera, our group's bard. And on our last adventure, we went through a cool house of traps where, as usual, I solved all of the puzzles. I got us all the way through all the rooms. I found the cool gem that activated the end of the puzzle, which was the uh, vampire who owns the house showing up, which in many ways is a win. Yeah. You're right, you're right. And I made two of the best friends a guy could ask for. Aww. Aww. That's all that matters. <laughs> the power of friendship. Hi, I'm Jordan. I play Larry Talbot, a lycanthropic warlock, also known as the Wolfman. Last time, we had to go into a puzzle dungeon. We decided to split up the group. We jumped through quite a few puzzles. The Phantom was nice and tipsy, making a beautiful performance as we launched him through the air over a tripwire and then caught him perfectly. Uh, Phantom took a selfie of us, which warmed Wolfman's heart so much, and he still has that little magically created picture in his inventory. At least for a little while longer. <laughs> A little while longer. I'm going to ignore the time limit on prestidigitation and let you just hang on to that little Polaroid picture until you use it. You can burn up that photo to negate a disadvantage. Right now, after last session, Larry would die for either of you guys. He adores you so much right now. <laughs> well, you never had a friend like me. Da, 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 da. Oh, wow. Lawsuit from Disney. Wow. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Hello, I am Daniel Cruz. I play Imhotep the Mummy. And as our companions have said, last session we went into a bit of a puzzle dungeon. I got to solve our first puzzle. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Phantom solved the first puzzle. Of course, of course. I just happened to be the vessel with which he channeled his power. <laughs> <laughs> and along the way, I found a book which would allow somebody the ability to create a soul cage which is the process you use to become a lich so i'm not saying imhotep has the way to extend his already immortal life but if somebody close by would want to somebody just anybody <laughs> and uh i think the highlight for me was using my new coat of useful things throwing a patch at the vampires and Accidentally giving them a scroll of sunlight, which they promptly <laughs> handed to me and said, take this away as fast as you can. I am Grayson, playing Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, party's rogue. Last session, we uh, found out that there were some things that Jack is a little bit sensitive about. And of course, 
him being the kind of selfish kid he is turned a little bit on Wolfman and the party, but was paired up with Emotep and they had a fun little game of checkers, I think it was. Emotep and Jack found some books. I think Jack's still kind of in his own little headspace right now. Last time on D&D Dark, the group faces their own traumas while going through a dungeon puzzle. And while some friendships are formed, others bury their feelings. While they survive the puzzle, what treasures will they gain? Or will it all be for naught? Find out on D&D Dark, Saturdays at 1.30, only Toonami. Oh, wow, lost from Cartoon Network. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all, am I right? <laughs> Hi, I'm Ben Magnet. I play Mary Frankenstein, a.k.a. Frankenstein's monster. And last time, I got to throw a drunken-ass Phantom of the Opera and yeeted him across the tripwire, and that was really cool. And also, <laughs> I had to deal with some trauma. That was fun. Yeah, we're really uh, not talking about that mirror, are we? No, no, no we're not. So I'm going to talk about it. I it's so sad because I feel like that was the most proud moment for Dan because he's like, <laughs> I went back and I made all this damn stuff and none of you fuckers are talking about it. <laughs> no, we, especially the three of us, high key trauma bonded over uh, what we saw in the mirror. Oh yeah, me, Larry, and Eric, all three of us became the best of friends. Yeah. 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 Because some people don't like uh, trauma. You know, I'm going to say that's most people. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Jack. Hey. The invisible man. You know what? Jack is still getting introduced to this whole magical world. Also, he's a very selfish individual. Oh, we'll yeah. break down those walls. Yeah, stuff down that trauma like <laughs> exactly. an adult. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's go ahead and jump back into the fantastic fictional land of Britannia. <laughs> Between going from what you've just learned was Marlowe's house back to Stratford, is there any in-character conversations you guys want to do, or do you want to just jump right to the next thing? Okay, as we're walking back, I approach the Invisible Man. You were asking Larry earlier about a laboratory from the mirror, were you not? Did you see anything? I saw a laboratory, specifically my father's. Was that the one you were referring to, or were you referring to the one that made you into this you're you're almost talking as if you saw something different i told this to the others but what i saw in the mirror even furthered my resolve into what i need to do and why i need to find raider and make sure nothing happens but i take it what you saw was something that deeply affected you in mine there was a solution to a problem that i have uh, it, it was it was hard to figure out but i know the answer was there interesting I saw my father happy, and a creation that he made was absolutely beautiful. And it was a she. She was stunning. Quite possibly the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But then, all I saw after that was death. I don't wish to kill. I have killed, but I do not wish to take life. I see this as I motion to the trees, and I see that this world is beautiful. I've walked this land for a very short time. You've probably walked a lot longer than I have, but I find solace and serenity in this world, and I wanted to keep it that way. But it scares me, because if I had turned out into what she was, or to what apparition was, you all very well could be trying to destroy me instead of walking by my side at this very moment. And that is why I must find my father's journal. Let's pose this idea. What if we 
find something that leads us to understand that there is another creation, maybe what you saw in the mirror, what would you do? I'd have to destroy it. Even if it's maybe something that you want? Possibly. To be honest, I don't really know what love is. I mean, part of me doesn't even know exactly what I am. I mean, I take the figure of a man. I have the voice of a man. But what of my brain? Is my brain a man's brain or a woman's brain? Is my heart part of that of a woman or a man or something in between? To be honest, I don't know. But what I do know is, is that I know the difference between right and wrong. And I have few people to thank for that. You're welcome. (laughs) So then, as you wrap up this conversation and make your way back into the city of Stratford, all of the pathways are surrounded by guards. Well, shit. And up front and center, a familiar-looking guard walks towards you with an empty bag in hand. Oh, Oh, (laughs) shit. Oops. Back when I didn't know. Well, look who it is. You clearly didn't get the memo about how things work around here. So, I'm going to only say this one more time. Give me everything of value that you have. Or give me one reason why we should not pummel you into the dust right here and now. I'd like to cast Charm Person. (laughs) Okay. Oh, please do. I was going to attempt to lie, but all right. (laughs) What's the role for that? Is that a wisdom save? Uh, Yes, it is. That is a 17. Damn it. Ruh-roh. All right, all right. Imhotep puts his hand up and says, we understand you. Please allow me to speak with my companions and we will work out what is of value that we may give to you. And he kind of calls the group in for a huddle. Group huddle. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to give him my patch, see what happens, backup plan, I blind him. And you all do what you need to do. Okay, so we're just going to flash him. Basically. Yeah. You're used to that. <laughs> <laughs> but what if it starts raining money from the sky? Well, then you will have it valuable and you will leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, uh, and for a plan C, can I draw my card of the day? Oh, before you do... As the previous card is wearing off, you hear the voice of Caprison echo from out of your hair, which we canonically established sounds like Patrick Warburton. (laughs) And he starts trying to chime in and give advice and says, Hey, Larry, you want a squeaker, squeak, squeak. uh, 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 (laughs) Throw your your items at squeak and uh, squeak, squeaker, squeak. Squeak? Squeaking. What is happening with this bat? He's freaking out at the and moment. And you can no longer understand oh, him. Damn it. It's okay next time. I just have to run through my entire card deck, and then we'll get back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, go ahead and draw your card of the day. My card of the day is the Emperor. So let's Ooh. see. You are considered proficient in intimidation. Ooh. And your proficiency bonus is doubled. Once per short rest, you can cast Command without expending a Warlock spell slot. This sounds perfect! All right, that's plan C, unless you guys want to move it up, but that is <laughs> an option. I say move it up. Fuck this yeah. guy. Yeah, I say that's plan <laughs> B. Plan C is we flash him and run. All right, all right. Plan A is still give him the patch? Yeah, yes. plan A is still give him the patch. Okay. Give him the patch. All right, enough talk. Either give over your stuff, or get the hell out of our town. Imhotep kind of approaches him with his, I want to say, trademark self-importance that's slightly less self-important than the Phantom. 
covertly pulls a patch from the back of the coat and holds it and says, we offer to you the beginnings of our riches. And he extends his hand and like places the patch in the guard's hand and then pulls his hand away quickly to see what happens. All right, I'm going to roll on the robe of useful items table. While that's happening, he's rummaging through his bag to grab the scroll of sunlight. And Larry's like hyping himself up. (laughs) And that's a 66. So that patch begins to spin in his hand and brings up a little bit of like magical dust that forms around it as it shapes and contorts into a potion of healing. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh, so as that happens, I'm imagining there's just this awkward pause as Emotep stares at this potion in his hand, pulls the scroll, opens it. He literally just shouts flashbang as he opens the scroll at them. Wait, wait, wait. Before you open a scroll, is it too late for me to try and be tough, Larry? Uh, it is if he's opening the scroll. Damn it. I was going to say, can I roll a perception to see if, like, I could see him going for the scroll and then basically cover my eyes? Uh, sure. Everybody roll perception. What do I have to do for sunlight? A 60-foot radiant sphere of light spreads out from the point. The sphere is bright light, then sheds dim light in an additional So it's basically just the light spell, but bigger. But the fact is that I have 60 feet of bright light coming straight from my hands. Pointing point blank at him. I think Larry's going to go blind. Uh, I think, well, me too. Yeah, same here. I think you're going to flashbang us all. (laughs) Oh, Phantom's doing fine. (laughs) What I'll have him do then, Imhotep roll Arcana, he's going to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, 20. Unnatural 20. Unnatural 20, he rolled a 4. So so with a 4, 4 out of 9 of these soldiers are now temporarily blinded as this bright flash blinds them and anyone who rolled below a 15 to save for it. Woo, Phantom rolled a 21. I throw up my cape in front of my face. Oh, I'm fucked. Oh, Larry's blind. Frankenstein's blind. I'm, I'm still blind. Yeah, your goggles are more for night vision than sun blocking. Which is kind of the opposite of how I imagined it, but... <laughs> <laughs> but in this circumstance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn. Y'all could have seen tough Larry, but no, we didn't get that today. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sure there's going to be another situation. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. I just had this burning urge to use this stupid scroll for something really dumb. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> I like that it backfired on all of us. <laughs> Except Phantom. Yeah, not all of us. Not all of us. <laughs> uh, Imhotep yourself, you also roll it. <laughs> Let's see. Oof, nat one. Oh. <laughs> Buddy. When I open the scroll, I my elbow knocks into my skull. It just knocks my head off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of flops on the ground next to body. <laughs> Man, this did not go as planned. Reeling from that flashbang, the disoriented head soldier yells out, Ah! All right, that does it. Everyone, attack! Everybody roll initiative. Ah, Covered. 14. Unnatural 20. Oh my gosh, Eric. <laughs> I'm going to put this fucking dice in dice jail. I rolled a nat one. Oh, sweet. Nine. I got an eight. All right. And just for the sake of time, I'm just going to have the entire mob be one cohesive unit. So good. Group initiative is best initiative. Oh, fuck. 
So here's basically what happens. As he yells attack, and as they all start to brandish their swords, half of them kind of stumble into formation and are very clearly disoriented. And there's some onlookers on the outskirts that are starting to kind of look and see what the tension is all about. That big flashbang drew a lot of attention, so more and more people are starting to form. So, Phantom, it is your turn. I will run to in between my two friends. Yeah. And I'm going to give bardic inspiration to the monster. Yay. In this case, it's producing a flower with a petal from every type of flower. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so freaking cute. I don't know if that's racist or not. And slip it into his pocket. Uh, too bad he can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then I believe that's actually a bonus action, so I should still be able to cast Hideous Laughter. And then I'm assuming that you're using this on the lead guy, correct? Yeah, let's take him down. All right, so oh, yeah. wisdom saving throw. That's a nat one. Oh. So because it's a nat one, he's going to fall prone, and between his laughter and being temporarily blinded he is rolling and writhing around on the ground in such a way that he hurts himself i'm gonna say a d8 of damage and that's a four hell yeah I see. uh what i said to inflict hideous laughter was you're not gonna believe this but it hit our whole team too <laughs> <laughs> as he's stumbling around and he hears that and knows that you are going through the same thing, he starts to chuckle. Oh, you, you idiot, you. <laughs> you can't even attack right. <laughs> so now it is the Wolfman's turn. A lot of my stuff is sight-based, but you know what's not sight-based? Eldritch Blast. <laughs> Damn it, I wanted to do something creative, but no. So, um, I guess... <laughs> 18 plus 5 to hit. I'm guessing that new. It will hit someone. Just roll a straight d20. Uh -oh. Okay. Uh-oh. <gasps> Four. Oh, God. Man, why you do this? <laughs> As you're trying to aim and your, your vision's a little bit blurry and you're kind of just seeing the silhouettes kind of dancing around in your eyes, it veers sharply off to the right to a group of some of the lesser soldiers, passes right over this guy that was knocked to the ground, and knocks into them. Okay, so... I'm always scared rolling a d10 because I just see zero, and I'm like, No! But then I realize I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so that is 10 force damage. And my little extra spice is pentacles. Uh, <laughs> coin pieces fall to the ground. Let's see how many. <laughs> I pocket two gold coins. Yay. <laughs> which that's funny because I pulled the two of pentacles. That's fun. In my blindness, I'm like, ah, ah, and I just, I let out a big old blast. It does a huge curveball to the side. And then I just hear a little ting ting hit the ground. Ooh, I'll see what that is whenever I can see. So now it is going to be the main soldier's turn, and he's going to attempt to stop laughing. And that's a six. So he is still laughing and writhing around on the floor and cannot see, and basically calls for his group to advance inwards. So that's the action that he's going to use, is all of the soldiers that are surrounding you that are about 15 feet away are going to close in to about 10 feet. Whoa. Oh, oh, no. Too close for comfort. 
And that will be his turn. Then it's going to be the mob's turn. I'm just going to, for them, roll one collective attack. That's going to be an 11. Uh. Four of them, I'm going to roll with disadvantage. That's an eight. So one attack will land on anybody who has an AC that is 11 or less. Uh, Wolfman's 11. I also have 11. All right, so Wolfman and Phantom, you're going to get hit with a crossbow bolt. Oh. Uh, That's going to do eight damage to both of you. Oh! And Larry says, ow! (laughs) So that's going to end their turn. Now it's over to Imhotep. Oh. Would you say I'm still able to control my body? You can control your body independently of your head. You will attack with disadvantage. We're going to use my feet, which I picked up. Magic Initiate. And I'm going to cast, at level one, Tasha's Caustic Oh, uh, Daniel, you cut out there for a second. Did you say Tasha's Caustic Brew? Yes. Okay, describe that spell for me real quick. A stream of acid emanates from you in a line of 30 feet by 5 feet wide in the direction that you choose. So I'm going to cast it towards the main guy and the guys behind him. Each creature must succeed a deck saving throw or be covered in acid. My spell save DC, I want to say proficiency plus spell casting plus 10. So that would be a 14. What I'm going to say, the lead guy, since he is knocked prone and blinded, it's just going to hit him automatically. And everyone behind him will roll with disadvantage to dodge. That was a 13 with their disadvantage. All right, so that hits all of them. Yay. So, covered in acid for the spell's duration or until a creature uses its action to scrape or wash the acid off itself or another creature. Creatures covered in this acid take 2d4 acid damage at the start of each of its turns until it washes it off. Ooh. Can I narrate how I think this works? And refer specifically for Imhotep. Do it. So the head on the ground is muttering something, but since it's on the ground, it's kind of hard, kind of hard to understand what it's saying, because the jaw isn't really moving very well. <laughs> he's chanting a prayer, and he's effectively using Create Water, and he's kind of water-bending, pulling water out of nowhere, and it kind of makes this big blob. And then his eyes turn red, he changes the prayer into a curse, the water turns green, and he sends it flying out at the, uh, at the guards Ooh. in the form of the acid. Epic. I like that. That will be 2d4 acid damage at the start of their turns, correct? And they can take their action to try and wash it off. All right, and that will end your turn. Invisible Man, it is your turn. All right, and we're all blinded, right? Yes. It might not work, but... Can I check to see if I could see that healing potion? Oh. Uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, just roll perception. Yes, okay. so Actually, no, roll survival. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, that's actually not bad. I got an 18. With an 18? Yeah, you can spot the healing potion. It is dropped on the ground next to the lead guard. Okay, so I don't know if this is going to take an action, but what I wanted to do was basically run, grab the healing potion, and then see if I can go for a sneak attack on the main guy since I think there's since I think I still have an advantage so advantage and disadvantage would cancel out so you would not get a sneak attack okay so it would just be a regular attack on him yes okay uh so but grabbing the potion is that going to take an action or not I'm going to say you can do a bonus action to get that so you can still make your attack okay so Jack's going to kind of like rub his eyes a bit, sees the healing potion, dashes over towards the healing potion, which is near the main guy, grabs it, 
pockets it and then goes for a short sword attack on the main guy. Okay, so go ahead and roll a regular short sword attack. Already. 14. Uh, 14 will hit. Fantastic. <laughs> That's a five in damage. Okay, so he's going to take five damage. Uh, since he took damage, he does get to attempt to stand up. So he's going to make another wisdom save. And that is a 16, so he is back up on his feet. And he is mad. So as you slash at his legs, his laughter stops and he, through gritted teeth, pulls himself back up to his feet and says, You're going to regret that. Some killer dialogue right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as we don't start looping. <laughs> Now it's going to be the Frankenstein monster's turn. Okay, so I'm blind. That sucks. But can I, like, get a general area of where he is, the main guy? Uh, yeah, you can kind of generally know where everyone is. Okay. Well, I'm going to try and move to where, because he's like, you're going to regret that. I'm going to be like, you're going to regret this even more. And I'm going to try and take a swing at him with my Warhammer. While he's doing that, Jack's just like, not me, not me, not me. <laughs> he gets close. He just knocks his top hat off. All right. So roll to attack with disadvantage. Okay. First roll is a six. Second roll is a 10. So the disadvantage is a six. So a six is going to miss. He sees you coming and steps out of the way as the hammer comes down. And a light breeze knocks Jack back a couple of steps. Yeah. yeah so as the hammer hits the ground, I go... Oh, shit. <laughs> Essentially a freeze frame, and then Morgan Freeman goes, because at this moment he knew he fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and as all of this commotion is going down, and as more onlookers are starting to watch the commotion, you recognize a particular pale-faced vampire poking his head and his um, almost tusk-like fangs <laughs> out from the crowd. Hi. He is kind of looking back and forth nervously. You overhear briefly him kind of talking to himself of, I really should pay them back for saving my life earlier, but, oh, I don't know, this is quite dangerous. Do I? <sighs> All right, fine. And he yells to get your attention, um... What's he going to call you all? Yeah, we didn't introduce ourselves, I don't think. Yeah, outsiders. We that, we? Phantom and the Tagalongs. Yeah, you right. <laughs> hey, new guys! We're new in town. The guards kind of all look in his direction and just roll their eyes. Like, oh, it's old man Orlock again. Old man Orlock? How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? And there's our <laughs> bike club lawsuit. <laughs> you know, gotta catch them all. Pokemon. So they all kind of look back in that direction, roll their eyes and kind of prepare whatever his nonsense is going to be. What they are not prepared for is he, with a big resigned sigh says i know i'm going to regret this all right you look like you could use a hand but <sighs> i really don't want to do this all right brace yourself i'm going i'm going for it and he jumps and bites into the frankenstein monster oh shit oh boy <laughs> so frankenstein roll a d6 of damage oh, as he rolls a d100 Hell yeah. Well, shit, that old man better get something good because I just rolled a five. Oh, ow. It was like the looks over and sees Orlock do this. It's like, yes, get the good 100 rolls. <laughs> just yes, 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 no. I'm so happy I moved now. And the rolls are the best rolls. I can't see this, so I'm just like, ow, what the hell? 
he pulls away and starts coughing violently as he takes a few steps back. He starts to jitter and buzz and his head spins upside down. He falls over on his back and convulses as four more arms split out from his torso and reach out to the ground. He arches up and his face kind of bubbles up into several more eyes and growls and hisses at the guards as he kind of scrambles around you all. That causes a lot of townsfolk to go running and screaming. I want to scream. I'm going to have the guards roll to not be frightened away. Nat one. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, they do not pass the vibe check. So with a nat one, half of them are going to just straight up run away in fear and terror because they don't know what the fuck is going on. Hell no. Came with that skull on the ground going, random effects! Yes! 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 <laughs> no! 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 Osiris, no! <laughs> Do I have my sight back or not yet? You are just now getting your sight back. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the first thing you see. I'm just like, oh my God, I, I know I went and something, what bit me? I go, what the shit is that? As some of them are running off, the main soldier, kind of staggering back in surprise and fright, says, Get Gonzo! We need Gonzo in on this right now! And they run off. And now it is the Phantom's turn. Oh boy. I have been waiting. I picked up this spell like two levels ago and have been sitting on it to ask this wonderful question. I picked up Mending. <laughs> Can I use it as healing word on... The monster, because it says it works on constructs. Oh! Puts them back together. Oh! Interesting! That's a clever use for that otherwise useless That is fascinating! I am a flesh golem, and I guess I'm a construct. Yeah, you you are! Absolutely. I was gonna say, I know that you are, because Dan has been very clear to me that my healing word doesn't work on you because you're a construct. Uh-huh. Yeah, I am. I am a hundred percent down with that. So you are free to use mending to patch oh, him up. Phenomenal, amazing. Whenever I take a long rest, I can just reassign my spell list. Note to self: take mending. I can do that. That's cool. Yeah, I'm. I absolutely love that. Woo! I'm gonna lean in, put my hand on Frankenstein monsters like little fang wounds. I assume it shouldn't be more powerful than like a healing word thing. So I think that's a. D4 plus five. Yeah, I would say just treat it exactly as a healing word. Seven health is going to go back. Yay! As I'm healing Mary, I'm going to lean in. That's the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I look back at him and I was like, I think that's mine too. (laughs) And then as I look at our like situation and I feel like we can win, the gonzo thing is ominous, but we're looking okay for the moment. I'm going to tap my foot frustratedly. Ugh. And pantomime giving a flower to the Invisible Man for oh, his shit. Part of inspiration. <laughs> What's his flower look like? Oh, it's just pantomimed. He doesn't get a real one. Oh, awesome. <laughs> it's an air quotes invisible flower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, and that's gonna end your awesome turn, Wolfman. It is your turn. Oh, I had a plan. I had a plan, and then we got. A- Spider creature! Holy cow! Um, shoot. What am I gonna freaking do? 
<laughs> I think Larry's gonna like rub his eyes to finally just come to and I'm gonna have Larry roll a con save because I have decided that Larry is terrified of spiders. Oh no. <laughs> I rolled a two. Oh, I rolled a God. two. <laughs> so you are terrified. I'm gonna have Larry um bring up his cane and to try and hit the spider creature. He doesn't know that it was Nosferatu. He doesn't know. He's he's going to smack him. <laughs> All right. Give yourself a point of inspiration if you didn't have it already. Uh, thank you. Because <laughs> I was eked out of my mind. Larry's got to be eked out of his mind. And we'll yeah. consider that a quarterstaff attack. Yeah, that'll be a quarterstaff. That's from his cane, which is silver capped. I'm sorry, Orlock. That's not going to hit. That's a nine. He basically raises himself up on his eight haunches, and your <laughs> strike goes right under him. Larry clears his eyes, sees this horrifying man-spider creature. It's like, ah! and then goes to hit him. But um, eh, I don't know. I wouldn't want to get any closer to that thing, so I guess he whiffs the hit. All right. And does that end your turn? That ends my turn. So now it is the main guard's turn, and he is also going to beeline right for the Nosferatu Count Orlock. He is going to multi-attack with his longsword. And that's a four, so the first one does not hit. And a 13, the second one, neither one of them hits. <laughs> so he, equally terrified, starts wildly flailing his sword at this massive spider monstrosity who crouches down and scurries closer towards him. And so dips underneath it and weaves off to the side as it's skittering close. Ew. Icky. Then it will be the rest of the soldiers' turn. They are also going to just try to open fire at Orlock. And that's an 18. So they will hit. So that's going to be 5d8s. So that's going to deal 28 damage to him. Oh. oh, shit. As he gets just riddled with arrows, and he lets oh. out just a, a horrifying hiss of pain. It's the Call of Duty zombie scream. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. <laughs> And now it is Imhotep's turn. Imhotep kind of watches all that and just kind of goes, ah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Real quick, is it an action or would it be just a free action for me to just put my head back on? Uh, you can just put your head back on. So I reach down, scoop my head, put it back on. Oh, forgot to have them take damage from the poison. Oh, shoot, yeah. Oh, yeah. The acid, I mean. So that's six to the main guy. Oh, hell yeah. And... Five to the collective group times two of them are... I'm going to say that's ten damage, because two of them are affected by that still. The others ran off. They all kind of reel back in pain as they try to wipe off the acid, but they've got nothing to take it off with, so they are still burning. So now your turn. Now my turn. Would you say... No, you know what? I'm going to swing my Kopesh and use my new cantrip that I also got from my magic initiate Green Flame Blade. Ooh. Okay, describe Green Flame Blade. You brandish the weapon used in the spell's casting and make a melee attack with it. So I'm going to roll a regular attack. If it hits, the target that I hit suffers the regular damage, and you can cause green fire to leap from the target to a different creature of your choice that you can see within five feet of it. 
The second creature takes fire damage equal to the spellcasting ability modifier. So I'm going to slash at one of the goons, and if I hit it, fire is going to leap across and attack one of the other guys. So I'm going to swing at one of them with my Kopesh. That's a four, so I'm going to miss. Okay, now it is the Invisible Man's turn. Larry, get the soldiers in a line and do that thing that you did with the blast. Everyone else, let's try and focus on the soldiers. I don't know what this thing is, but enemy of my enemy. And then after that, I'm going to go for another attack on the main soldier. Okay, go for it. Going to have Larry try and be a herding dog? Well, because I want Larry to get (laughs) away from this thing because... He was freaking out, not going to lie. I'm freaking out too, but I'm also <laughs> noticing that Frankenstein monster's right next to it and can probably handle that thing. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially my logic behind all that. All right. Uh, that's going to be, actually, that's going to be a 20. All right, that hits. I'm going to use a Bardic Inspiration on that one because that's a one. All right, so go ahead and add another D6. So that's going to be a six. Okay, so he's going to take another six damage. And then after that, I'm going to rush over to these bushes and just kind of like hold off away from the other side of the group. So you run out of the street off to the side, hiding in bushes as everyone kind of accumulates off to the east side. Right. Okay, so that will end your turn. Now it is the Frankenstein monster's turn. So I... Get him! <laughs> so I see those, the group ahead of me. Do I know that was Orlock who bit me? I'm not going to have you roll for it. You know it was Orlock. So I look at Orlock. I'm like, Orlock. And I point to the soldiers in front and I say, feast. Oh, shoot. <laughs> in an attempt to scare them away. <laughs> so what I will do then, um, if you want that to be your turn, Orlock will have advantage on his next turn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why not? Cool. And Orlock is next. So not a bad call. Can I roll for intimidation on the soldiers? Roll intimidation. I'm scared. <laughs> Unnatural 20. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. All right. Two more of them are going to peel off away. Get the fuck out of here. I do not blame them, though. They see Orlock on his haunches rear up and prepare to pounce. And two of them just book it and run away. Good call, my dudes. So now it is Orlock's turn, and he is going to take a flying leap at the collective soldiers, which are all kind of huddled up in a bunch right now. And with a 17, he's going to be able to get there and bite down on the main guy. So... That's going to be five damage plus. So that's going to be 15 damage. Oh, my God. And he's going to heal. He's going to heal for six. Orlock starts to shrink back down a little bit from drinking the fresh blood. Yay, but no. (laughs) Two of the extra forearms recede back into him and some of the eyes start to clear away. He is still kind of half in and half out of his like spider form now. Ugh, I'd like to roll another con. (laughs) Go ahead, roll another con. That is a 12. He's just a little nauseous. So yeah, with a 12, I'll say you just barely don't throw up. Ugh, yeah, Larry hates the biting and the blood sucking and the body morphing. And yet he loved the zombie strippers. That was art, by the way. (laughs) This is disgusting. That was beautiful. (laughs) All right. So after Orlok makes his attack, then from a house up to the north that is nearby the street, 
the door slams open and an entourage of a couple of vampiric spawns and a couple of soldiers run out and point in the direction of this group. I'm hiding in a book. And from the center, they part and you see a well-dressed woman in a long flowing blue gown with an ornate cap on her head with a big feather plume that makes her way through the center, approaches just off on the outset of the fight, and casts command on Orlok. Oh, damn it. And commands him grovel. And Orlok rolled a two. Yeah. Oh, good. So he fails his save there, and in a panic, just drawn by the sheer charisma and magnitude of this woman, plops down on top of the soldier that he was biting, so he's going to get crushed and take um, an extra D8 of damage. Ooh. And that's a seven. Oh. And she says, enough, Orlok, come here. And Orlok kind of against his will skitters closer to her. While he still is partially spidered out, he crawls up the side of one of the houses nearby, goes upside down under the rafters, <laughs> down the other side, and skitters around in uh, front of her. No, thank you. Yeah, no. She holds out her hand, pulls out a knife, cuts through her wrist, and offers up some blood to him. <laughs> he takes it and transforms back to normal. She waves a hand over her cut palm, and it closes right back up. And she tells the rest of her soldiers, you may disperse. You are not needed anymore. And they graciously kind of look back to Orlok, shudder, and <laughs> run away. And you are out of combat. You know, I was trying to tell them the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and as for all of you, and she turns towards the group, you must be the new outsiders I've heard so much about. And she makes her way forward. I do apologize for my guards. They can get a little carried away with the power dynamics that this town has. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Amelia de Gonzola, and this is my town. So I expect you while you are here to follow my rules. And there will be no more misunderstandings. And she looks back at her soldiers and says, leave now. And any of the like onlookers and those like her entourage and everything scatters at her point and at her word. We're not the best at welcoming outsiders into our town. Rest assured, I will allow safe passage as long as you continue not to cause any trouble. All I want is order in my town. Do we have an understanding? From the bush, a random gloved hand just puts his thumb up. <laughs> <laughs> My warhammer is put away, and I just look at her and go, We have an understanding. He's slightly stunned from having the spider monster drop down on top of him, like right in front of him, Imhotep, kind of steps back. Yes, Miss Gorgonzola. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't name somebody De Gonzola. And not expect to make that stupid joke. I'm so sorry. How could you? <laughs> she puts a hand up and says, Please, if this will be a problem for you, Gonzo will suffice. Oh! The guy with the schnoz? <laughs> you are oh. Oh. Hey, forgive me. The guy with the shit. <laughs> He's not going to say that. But... <laughs> Part of me like, oh, you're the one with the big nose they were talking about. 
He's not going to say it, but like in his head, it's, it's there. Yes, from the marionette shows. The one that's married to a chicken? Imhotep, you do say that. <laughs> and she says, ah, people have been talking about that, have they? She snaps her fingers and a couple of guards rush to her side. She points off in the distance. There is just another random vampire spawn that is being like solicited by a couple of people in trench coats that are haggling their own veins and wrists, kind of going back and forth saying, like, oh, no, 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 this guy's a universal donor. You don't want to go with him. You want me. I got that grade A blood. I got the good stuff. The guards interrupt and push them aside, grab the vampire spawn, drag him closer. She says, have you been spreading rumors about me again? Um, no, 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 I, I, I'm just going about my business. And she um, pulls out a wooden stake, slays him right then and there. He oh. collapses into dust and says, that will be the end of that. I do not like rumors. Rumors lead to disorder. And I want order in my town. You are an interesting bunch, and I may have my uses for you later. But for now, allow yourselves the hospitality of Stratford. Go ahead on back to your nest or wherever it is. I don't really care so long as you keep my people and my town out of the way of your hijinks. Well, understood. There will be no more hijinks. We mean no disrespect to you or your village, your town, I'm sorry. We did not seek any conflict coming in. Unfortunately, we have a very bad habit of having it find us sometimes. That is understandable. Larry finally hurls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine just the timing of that. Just It, it tends to find us. <laughs> oh, God, it's everywhere. <laughs> she pulls out a handkerchief and offers it to you. Uh, he takes it. He's like, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm not normally like this. That's a lie. I am. <laughs> he looks at the handkerchief and he's like, do you... I appreciate your candor. And... I will not be taking that handkerchief back. <laughs> you got it. And he pockets it, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> what else do you do with it? I don't know. He's nervous. I would like Phantom to roll a constitution save on watching someone pocket a thrown up on handkerchief. <laughs> roll constitution at disadvantage. Oh, just no. Like, uh, <laughs> just like, I, I don't know where to put this. I guess, I guess my pocket. Squish. <laughs> It's very oh slowly eye contact. Like, I made this bed. I'm going to lay in it, just feeling gross in your pocket. For For Phantom, you throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Larry thinks first, split second, I have a handkerchief. And then is like, no, I don't. <laughs> as soon as the wolfman throws up, Imhotep kind of like awkwardly just kind of straightens up a little bit to try. And so, like, I promise we're not weird. That whole thing happens. That's a lie. The phantom throws up Imhotep, Imhotep and starts rubbing his temples. <laughs> I'm trying to pat my friends on the back like they're there, make sure they got it all out. <laughs> Both of them. Gonzo turns around and starts to walk away and tosses a handkerchief over her shoulder. Do I catch it? Uh, roll just a straight d20. 14. 14? Yeah, you catch it. Oh, thank God. So we're out of combat, right? You are out of combat. Gonzo has retreated up the street back into her house. The soldiers have dispersed and have their orders now to kind of keep their distance from you. And the rest of the town kind of settles back into its pattern again. On our vomkerchiefs, is there any embroidery? There is some like red lace that kind of goes Ooh. through it and like a fleur-de-lis pattern. Ooh la la. 
that uh, is very fancy and ornate. Something about the way that the fleur de lis is designed, it's got a little bit of an extra flourish. It's almost like if an image can be in cursive. <laughs> you said it was red? Yes. Hmm. She seemed like a very blue person. Anyways. I, after I like wipe myself up, press the digitate mine clean, fold it, and then put it in like my lapel pocket. Eric, can you help me out with mine? <laughs> I, I pull it out of my pocket and I'm like, please help. I don't oh want to God. carry this around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I press to digitate Larry's clean, but I do it by like flapping my hand at it, like, ew, ew, get it away, get it away. <laughs> Thank you so much. And he puts it back in the same pocket. You just, cool. the pocket has already got vomit in it! <laughs> yeah. What's uh -huh. the problem, Jordan? Uh, I mean, it's slightly cleaner. <laughs> So then um, Orlok looks back at you after all of this is dispersed, kind of sees all of this going on and says, All right, so we're, we're good, right? This is like we're, we're even yes. now? You you saved my uh, life, I saved yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, whatever you want, it's fine. Do you promise not to become a spider again? Please don't. Do you promise not to bite me again and see what happens? Oh God. Um, I all right. I I can't make any promises on that latter one, but uh, I will do everything <laughs> in my power to not become a spider again. I that was. Okay. I know you will not believe me when I say this, but that was just as unpleasant for me as it was for you. Well, I can only imagine. Well, the first time you bit me, you could not stop screaming. The second time you bit me, you turned into a giant spider. I do not want to see what happens for the third time you bite me. Neither do I. If you have to. The. Dead man's blood is always a gamble, but I, I figured this was a drastic case that required drastic measures. I want to lean over to the bush that Invisible Man's in. I mean, I kind of do want to see a third one. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm also going to lean over to the bush and be like, I don't choose the ones who likes to watch experiments. I was just going to say that I'd be kind of down to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Do I hear that? Orlock hears that and he says, All right, well, that's my cue to leave. I want nothing more to do with any of this, so... Wait, wait, wait. If you must bite him again, it must only be to help us. That is the one thing I'll say. No freebies, none of that. I barely handled it this time. So if you're gonna bite anybody, go after Frankenstein. And it has to be to help us. Or, you know, in general. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Your instructions are pretty unclear. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go fuck off over there. So you all just do your own thing. Okay. Wait. I grab him by the shoulder. Go wait, and I just look right into his eyes, and I do say, "Thank you, though. We do appreciate you helping us out again." Uh, I'm not going to say it was no problem because it was quite problematic. But you are welcome, <laughs> and um, I. We're good. We're we're solid now, right? So I yeah. don't need to yeah. do that again. You do your own thing. I do my own thing. Sounds good to me. And he goes and fucks off over there. Yeah, we are going to go fuck off over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to go to the nest. How does one fuck off? Uh, to the north. I mean. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone, that was not the worst reception I've gotten coming into town. Yeah, it could have been worse. Jack turns to Phantom and it's like, what's the worst? I turn to Phantom, I go, I'm actually curious, what is the worst for you? I want to look super distant, just like stare off a thousand yard stare and press to digitate like a little fire effect over the reflective side of my mask. 
as that reflection kind of passes over your mask, um, the way that I picture this is that everything is fine meme with the dog drinking coffee in the burning, like, fire. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, hold on, hold on. As he sits there with a thousand-yard stare, the fire kind of grows, I imagine? I imagine it just passed over. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, I thaumaturgy, just, like, distant sound of screams just to add to that effect. <laughs> Just like take a moment, you hear screams in the background. It's almost like PTSD. And remember, he described this as just a reflection on the porcelain of his mask. So all of this is just localized yeah, right there yeah, yeah, on the yeah. left corner of his face. Yeah. <laughs> Little um, tiny screams coming from that side. Yeah, I, I think this is something we will um, talk about later when you're ready. You may discuss your traumas as they are relevant. They're not relevant right now. They could be, but whatever you're ready for them, we can talk about them. But I do think now is a great time to head uh, back to the Nesk and reap our rewards from a good puzzle dungeon done. I I second uh, that. Real, really quickly, can I just say that as Imhotep is, is walking, he's kind of singing a song to himself. And she's gone. She's gone so far away. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to do both of these at the same time. Point of inspiration, D4 psychic damage. No. For everybody. No. For everybody. Oh, no. Imhotep included? Okay, that's a two. He's getting dynamic from his own singing. I'm going to take the... I take a one. I only take one, thank God. I took four damage! Oh, no. I thought it was three. I got two damage from that. Larry sobbing into his hands. <laughs> you know why he's taking the four? He pulls the vomit thing out of his pocket, just instinctively just starts wiping his face, and that's what causes the uh, whole damage. Like, oh, oh, oh. That's gonna be stuck in my head all day. And as you make your way up north towards the building where the nest is situated underneath, you pass by the hitching post, your horse and carriage is just kind of tied up over there, and you see running away from it, the same little kids from earlier. And if you look really closely, you can see the words, you suck, in chalk, just yeah. kind of scrawled onto the side of the carriage. How do they spell suck? S-U-K. Interesting. Okay. These guys really are rebels. So they're not that smart. That's the good news. Yeah. They are kids, so. And they are, they I'm are so children. I'm so upset that I haven't had the chance to reset my spells since before the dungeon. Oh, there's a spell I want to use on them right now. And they run away, both laughing and screaming a little bit as there's some more pep in their step from <laughs> kind of overseeing what just happened. So as you walk past that, you make your way back around towards the entrance to the nest. You start to descend the stairs down into the cellar and you see the stone tablet kind of overhanging the door that had the message of everyone welcome except the following. And as you look at it, you can notice that it's been repaired since last time, so the name Marlo Bronte is now filled out again. And freshly painted over on top of that is the word Saurus at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Like, you could tell that this was done within, like, the last minute or so. It's very fresh. Yeah, is it the same paint that painted our uh, wagon? Uh, yes, it's in the same chalk. Awesome. All right. So we know they can be bought. <laughs> and um, you make your way back into the nest, and you see Marlo sitting at his table waiting for you again. Oh, well, it's about time you got in here. 
It's a good thing they didn't kick out Marlo Bronte, only Marlo Brontosaurus. Am I right? Sure. Cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> and Marlo's going to take a d4 of psychic damage. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> I was curious, like, what would happen? <laughs> so he's going to take three psychic damage and just say, uh, all right, well, never mind. On to business. And he summons you over to his booth. We are the outcasts, the spits you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste for the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid. We know it's awful dreadful, but we like it. Just another haunted night, shrouded with unearthly fright. So when you're oh so terrified, you know who to call. The world is falling apart, we'll never take it to heart. So monsters and creatures and spirits and specters and all, let's all have a ball. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dean Dark, created and hosted by myself, Danger Dan Jers. Listen to the end for this episode's blooper. Exciting news update, we now have a subreddit page. For announcements, fan art, episode discussions, and more, just hop on over to r slash dndarkpodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at dndark underscore podcast. We're also in the progress of figuring out transcriptions, but in order to make that happen, we need your help to get this podcast into more ears. So please continue to let people know about us and tell anyone you think might be interested to check out our website at dndarkpodcast.com. Dean Dark is Ben Magnet as Mary, the Frankenstein monster. Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man. Aaron Coffold as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera, Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, and Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the Mummy. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni, recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. Our cover art was provided by Jordan Nelson. Listen to new episodes of Dean Dark Wednesdays, anywhere you find podcasts. I would like to say that as soon as Larry gets in the door of the nest, he runs up to the bartender and is like, oh, do you have a bathroom? I really need to freshen up because <laughs> gosh darn it, Larry can be an unkempt boy, but I don't want him to be a stinky boy. The vomit mouthed. The vomit mouthed boy. So he's going to go in, get himself sufficiently vomit free. You see him come out of the restroom and his hair is nicely brushed. For about two seconds, and then it puffs back out into its messy mess. As Caprice <laughs> rolls around in there and gets it unkempt again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>